good day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the solid rock of the Word of God? Good to have you in the podcast. We're in Passion Week uh, this week. We have been looking at the events of each day, at least as far as time has allowed. Uh, We're not able to deal with every detail because I just simply don't have the time to do all that in a brief uh, podcast. So I have been been selective about certain events and highlighting those in the scripture and taking a look at how those really impact us and how they apply. So uh, it's good to have you and I hope that this week has been profitable for you. Please make sure and take time to meditate on the scripture. Uh, give give thought to the great debt that was paid for your salvation this week. Uh, I think that one of the pitfalls, if we're not careful, is that in our in our concern or uh, awe about what Christ did on the cross and feeling sorry for Him and and really being grieved at the things that were happening to Him, I think that that can overshadow, if we're not careful, the fact that. It was your sin and my sin that placed him on the cross in the first place. And I think that that's one of the dangers. A lot of Hollywood movies and other depictions of Christ and the Passion Week and all of the suffering, which was very real, that he went through, uh, the humiliation, the mocking, and the pain that he experienced was done uh, for me. It was done for you. You were the one that put him on the cross. Your sin demanded payment and the penalty for that. And so Christ did that. So let's not forget uh, that it was uh, that was the case and uh, keep it in the correct perspective. Today, our text comes from Matthew chapter 27, uh, verses 1 through 10. And listen to this. I won't read the entirety of it. Uh, uh, well, maybe I will because there's not very long verses. So here we go. Uh, Matthew 27, another event in the life of uh, or in the event, uh, in the uh, chronology of the Passion Week. Verse 1 says, When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when he had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Now, let me pause here and just remark that we looked at the events from Wednesday. We looked at the evening of the Lord's Supper and the washing of the saints' feet, uh, washing of the disciples' feet. Uh, we noted that they sung a song, went out into the Garden of Gethsemane, and it was there that Judas' treacherous plan unfolded, and that he brought those who were going to arrest Jesus and betrayed him with a kiss. That was all Wednesday night into the wee hours after midnight of Thursday morning. And so all night long, there was a trial that took place. Uh, And then we know that he was crucified uh, that day and that morning, beginning Thursday morning. But uh, with that in mind, let me continue reading in verse 3. I'm going back just a little bit. It says, Then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful for to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and 
and bought with them the potter's field to buy to bury strangers in. Wherefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord appointed me. The opening of this chapter in Matthew 27, this really describes the the betrayal, the giving up of the Lord into the hands of the Gentiles. And I think that's important to remember. Yes, the chief priests of the elders, the religious leaders of the Jews led him away to Pontius Pilate, the governor. But I want you to see really the obvious hand of God in all of this because it was ordered by God's by God's plan, his providence, that the Gentiles, as well as the Jews, would be involved in the murder of Christ, because in fact, he is the Savior of the world. So it's not just a Jewish problem per se, it is actually Gentiles uh, that uh, were participating in this in, in, in a full way. So uh, the, the the scripture makes that obvious to us. And But what I want to talk about the, the subject today really occupies these verses that I've read because it is the the bad end of what happened to that false disciple Judas Iscariot. And I think it has a lot of instruction and warning for us, and that's what I want to leave with you today. I think one of the first things that stands out to me when I read this passage, and I've read it since childhood, that that I've really been giving a lot of thought to lately. And that is you see that in the end, uh, or in the end of Judas, you see that there was plain proof of Jesus' innocence uh, of every charge that would have ever been made against him. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but you know, if you if you meditate on the passage a minute, you will understand that if there was ever a living witness who would have been able to give evidence against the Lord of wrongdoing or law breaking. Uh, or even mosaic dismissal of the law, uh, Judas Iscariot was the man to do it. I mean, he was a chosen apostle of Jesus. He was a constant companion. He was with him on his journeys. He saw the miracles. He heard the teaching, both public and private. He, he would have known above all people that if there was anything wrong done by Christ, then, then he would be able to, to expose that. But as a deserter from the Lord's company, of disciples, uh, a betrayer of him into his enemies, I think it was in his own, it would have been in his own interest as well to have spoken up about Jesus' guilt. Uh, And I think it would have, you know, excused his own conduct of being a betrayer to Jesus if he was actually found to be uh, an immoral imposter or a lawbreaker. So why didn't Judas come forward? Why didn't he say anything? Why didn't he stand before the Jewish council when Jesus was on trial and give specific charges? I mean, if he had any to make, that would have been the time to do it. Um, he uh, uh, made the deal and then he disappeared. And of course, there's only one answer to those questions that I just asked. That is, that Judas didn't come forward and testify against Christ because his conscience wouldn't let him. Uh, Bad as he was, as rotten uh, to the core as he actually was, he knew that he had nothing that he could prove against Christ. He knew that the Lord was holy and blameless and true. Listen, folks, don't ever forget that. 
that the very people that could have accused him, even Judas, whose heart was set against him, could say nothing. The absence of Judas at the Lord's trial is one of the many proofs that that Jesus was the Lamb of God without blemish. He was a sinless man, or else Judas would have pointed it out. I want to also point out in this text something else that's significant, and that is that, that there is such a thing as repentance which actually comes too late. You know, in the scripture here, where, where you are, when you read this, you are told plainly that Judas actually felt some type of remorse. Uh, that there, he he returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. He went and he he threw it back to them. We're even told that he said to the priests, "I have sinned," and yet it's clear that the text points out that he did not repent to the point of salvation. And I think that really deserves a little bit of attention today. It's a common saying that it's never too late to repent. And I think it is true. If that repentance is genuine, if it is real, if it's authentic. But unfortunately, as in my, in the experience that I've had in my ministry, when I talk to people that are, that are in that kind of situation, uh, late repentance is often not genuine. It's not real. Do you know it's possible for a man to feel his sins, to feel that conviction, maybe even be sorry for them? He may have that strong sense of guilt and have deep remorse to be pierced in his conscience, to to have a lot of distress and, 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 and uh, heartache over something. But for everything that that is, it's, he still does not repent with his heart. That is a very real present danger today. Uh, that may account for uh, what? What is it then that accounts for that? I, I'm searching for the words here, but I think it's true that sometimes people experience remorse because uh, they feel like they're in a dangerous situation. Maybe they fear death. Maybe they that they fear some other retribution or something of that nature. Whatever the feelings might be, the fact is the Holy Spirit may have done no work whatsoever in his soul. Uh, there may be a point where he's still hanging on to something within his own heart. Listen, let me encourage you today. Listen, don't you need to beware of trusting to a late repentance. You're not guaranteed your next breath. Now, that's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know, one repentant thief was saved in the hour of death so that nobody would despair that you can always come in genuine repentance, but but only one was spared and saved so that nobody would presume. Don't put, uh, uh, don't put off uh, something that concerns your souls. Uh, don't put off repentance under the, the fruitless... Uh, 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 undependable idea that that's in your own power. You know, the words of Solomon come very clear in Proverbs 1 and verse 28. They, they will call on me, but I'll not answer. They'll seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Please don't wait. There are people that do that all the time. Well, let me hurry and look at another observation. I want you to notice also how little comfort ungodliness brings a man uh, brings to a man at the end. Um, we're told that Judas, under that remorse, threw down those 30 pieces of silver for which he sold the Lord. And 
it, it it brought him no pleasure. He had those thirty pieces of silver, thinking might it, it might bring him some kind of pleasure, but it did it didn't. Sin, in truth, is the hardest of all our masters. Uh, money and our unbelief makes a lot of fair promises that if I engage in that sin, uh, it's going to just give me great joy and happiness. But its wages are only sorrow. It's uh, it's remorse. It's brokenness. It's self-accusation, and sometimes it even brings death. Uh, if you are putting your trust in any temptation uh, that offers you fair promises, I promise you that it will never return to you uh, what you think it will. Be sure sooner or later, in this life or in the life to come, in this world or judgment day. Uh, you'll face that. You know, that's what happened in the scripture, didn't it? Not just Judas. You think of Achan. You think of Gehazi. You think of Ananias and Sapphira. They all found it to be that way. Uh, and then last of all, I want you to see that the case of Judas, what a miserable end a man may come to if he has great privileges, but he doesn't use them correctly. I have seen this so often. Here is Judas that became a very unhappy man because of his sin. And when he did so, he went away and he hanged himself, the scripture says. I think that's probably one of the more dreadful ways to die as well. But here, an apostle, a disciple of the Lord, a preacher of the gospel, a companion of Peter and John, literally goes and commits suicide. And he he he, he then finds himself in the very presence of God, unprepared. He He's unforgiven. Um, let's, let's never forget, dear folks, you're listening to me right now. I just give you this solemn, solemn warning that, uh, no sinners are so sinful as those who sin against a very clear light and, and knowledge that's been given to them. The more light you have, the more responsibility you have to answer to that light. So I I beg with you, I plead with you today, if we look at Scripture, uh, you find people that have been uh, illuminated, that have been given understanding of the Word of God, and and yet they've rejected that, and the end of those, you you think of Lot's wife, you think of Pharaoh, you think of Korah, or Dathan, or Abiram, we've been reading about them in the Old Testament, even King Saul of Israel, those are cases in point. I I read through the Pilgrim's Progress of John Bunyan every year, and he makes this quote in Pilgrim's Progress, quote, that none falls so deep into the pit as those who fall backward, unquote. And it's written that way in Proverbs 29, a man who hardens his neck after much reproof will be suddenly broken beyond remedy. We need to live up to the light that God gives to us. Are you living up to the light that God has given to you? What's the state of your heart today? Because clear knowledge of truth in your head combined with the deliberate works of sin in your heart, that goes a long way against living in the Word and the light of the Word of God. Where's your heart today? Are you ever tempted to rest on your knowledge and your profession of religion. Oh, you know your Bible well. You've heard it over and over again. Uh, you, you, you've you even maybe professed outwardly that you know the Christ. But uh, let us remember today, like Judas, and beware. Are you disposed to cling to this world, one man said, 
and give money a prominent place in your mind. It's nothing but lies. The only truth is found in Christ. Well, uh, let's look at his life and learn from it. God bless you today, and let's live in the authenticness and reality and genuineness of our walk with Christ. Love him more than anything, and make him the sole object of your affections. It's worth it, I promise. God bless you.